0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All-Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at Labrooks.com 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. The record book.
1: Yeah, welcome everybody to this week's edition of the Game Day Record Book Podcast. Increasing numbers of you listening all the time, we're very delighted about that. I'm Danny Kelly, and each week um, I have two guests with me as we, as soon as the steam has stopped rising from the weekend's Premier League action, and um, we get stuck into who's done well, who's done badly. Of course, it goes off on all kinds of tributaries away from that. It's not the standard punditry. And at the end of the season, I'll be producing an actual physical book of the results of our discussions, uh, photographs drawings by me and some musings as well done in crayon and it should be an absolutely brilliant thing to help me get through all of that during the next 40 minutes and again thank you all for listening and joining us I'm just saying, making a welcome return comedian and Derby fan Mark Smith hello Mark hello Danny thanks thank for having me back again you. Oh, well, after your performance last time despite public um, opprobrium I've said no bring Mark back give him a chance yeah. to redeem himself for that. Thank you for that. and I'm delighted to say and as someone who sports both Tottenham and the Republic of Ireland um, really delighted to say the um, cliche wand of a left foot does not do it fantastic footballer in his time uh, these days making his way through the coaching ranks uh, following his recent retirement after about 140 um, operations on injury that wouldn't clear up from delighted to say we're joined by the former Nottingham Forest Spurs and Republic of Ireland midfielder Andy Reid hi Andy hello how are you very good indeed how are you doing
2: I'm very well not a bother
1: at all adjusting to being retired now I know you found it hard at first yeah most certainly I did I found it
2: really difficult for the first year or so um, I had a lot going on a lot to get my head round. Um, and the coaching has just been the tonic I needed. It's been great. I've started to really get the buzz for it, and it it, it is like a buzz that you get. You know, it's it, it, and I'm loving it.
1: Okay, listen, we're real. I mean, I'm genuinely delighted to be working with you. So hopefully, um, we'll make Mark bow to our will in all of these categories. <laughs> uh, Mark will be this week's whipping boy, but of course, he's oh, big enough good. enough to look after himself. <laughs>
0: Are a very good team. They don't need gifts like that, but when they happen they're going to try and exploit it that's what they've done Newcastle remain in the bottom three Leicester are up to position three in the Premier League it's finished at King Power Stadium Leicester City five Newcastle nil
1: Ericsson crossed the ball. there was Kane his first touch maybe wasn't the best but he volleyed it right in the bottom corner his eighth goal in six
3: appearances against Southampton he just looked playing against the Saints when we're going for a tough spell we're still we dig, it. we play, uh, we put everything out on the pitch. And uh, yeah, I think we deserved the, the victory. It's, it's never easy playing with, with 10 men. So to score again after they equalised was was great. And then
1: to see how the whole of the second half was, uh, yeah, it's what a good win feels like. I want to start with our performance of the week. And Mark, I'm very interested in <laughs> your choice because if I say of the week, um, the mm. club you're about to talk about, quite apart from being Nottingham Forest's um, arch enemies. Uh, well, go on. Tell us who you've chosen. <laughs> I'm going for Derby County,
3: Danny, Andy. And I
1: don't <laughs> care who knows it. I don't care. I'm, I'm going for
2: them. He has no shame.
1: <laughs> Just to remind um, those people who don't own the internet and newspaper and the, mm. um, this, the week didn't start great for Derby. Did it not? No. Do you, uh, oh, no, I've no idea. I'm, I'm talking about Saturday. Okay, well, so. I'll, I'll do it for you then. Um, for some reason, Derby County's players were having a early season um, bonding session, I suppose you club call club-sanctioned... Team meal. Sure. Yes. Um, at 8 o'clock, they were all supposed to go home, and most of them did. Needless to say, the ones that didn't were the senior pros. Mm. Um, remind us who was involved. Uh, club captain Richard Keogh. Yes. Uh, Mason Bennett, who is
3: a younger player, yes. so fine. Uh, and Tom Lawrence. Yes. I think Tom Huddleston also
1: stayed behind. The newly appointed cl- team captain. Yes. Is that right? Well, There are a few more in the pub, yes, yes. but
3: not that were in, involved in How the can incident I, that, I that say,
1: followed. Drinking uh, ensued. Now, we mustn't get too funny about this, because no. the people were hurt in the end. Um, I think one of the players was um, photographed puking into a urinal um, by his new team captain, Tom Huddleston. Um, the club sent them around taxis to say, honestly, it's time to go home. They refused those. And in the end, um, three of them were involved in a drunk driving incident. And one of them, Keogh, was uh, it? Keo, for, club captain, that was yep. out for at least
3: the rest of this season. And at 33, that might be his lot. I mean, and for his international career with Ireland as well. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're not going to get funny about this. Because no. it's not too over the top to say we could have woken up on Wednesday to news of, you know, footballers, you know, not making it through or or, yeah. or, or killing
1: someone else, you know. And we were led to believe, Andy, that and um, we'll come back to why they performance of the week, that this sort of stuff, Arsene Wenger had cleansed the temple of this sort of stuff, and that footballers no longer felt the need to get themselves smashed, no pun intended, um, just for bonding purposes.
2: Yeah, well, listen. If it's not that, this would be in something. I'm not saying the drink driving thing, but this this kind of team bonding thing, 20 years ago would have been commonplace. You would have seen it every couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, at, at most clubs. So things, Arsenal every couple so, of days. So, so, well, there you go. So t- <laughs> so things have changed a hell of a lot. Um, it's a very it's a very serious thing, and and when you talk about the ramifications it has got for players, uh, with the Republic of Ireland hat on. Uh, Richard Keogh was, you know, was at the heart of the defence with Shane Duffy. The two of them have been excellent for the Republic of Ireland over the Should last. To make the point that you the these days of
1: are coaching one of Ireland's age group teams. Yeah, I coached the under 18s Yeah, so you
2: know, so I would, uh, you know, I've, I've watched them closely and, and they've been doing very well and and they're in the middle of a qualifying campaign and they've got a really good chance of qualifying for the uh, for the Euros.
1: Uh, so it's it's got terrible ramifications for for him in particular because he's the one who's going to be out for a year sorry mm. the, sorry you've just reminded me now looking at your face and saying and hearing the phrase uh, t- teenage irish players i mean the young people listening to our voices won't believe this you were part of a republic of ireland team that won the european championship yeah we won the uh, the under 16 european championships yeah it's, well, how many I'm years surprised you remember that <laughs> well remember. i've got a few years <laughs> oh, on you andy to be fair
2: that's that was 20 it's 21 years ago we had a we had a reunion um Last year, actually, under the 20 the years, Brian Care was the manager. He, um, he organised a reunion. We were invited to the sports writers' mm-hmm. dinner, and um, we we had a team bonding session after.
1: Nobody Fantastic. drove though. No, I mean, that's no, the key. And, that's the key. And none of you are professional athletes at the present moment, or at least very few of you still. Yeah, I don't think any Why of you. Why did Derby deserve then, after this cataclysmic start to the week, to be performance of the week? Well, because it's been such a terrible, embarrassing week
3: for everyone connected with the club. We needed something good, something positive to come out at the end of this week. We've had a tough start to the season, as it is. We've come to Pride Park, at home to Birmingham on Saturday. Everyone's hanging their heads in shame. People are disappointed. Players have been dropped from the squad. Keos out for the rest of the season, maybe longer. We go 2-0 up against Birmingham. Great, lovely. They then claw it back to 2-all. They then get a penalty where Birmingham could go 3-2 up. And you think, well, this is it. Because if we lose this game, what does that do to the mindset of that team? That could that could crumble Immediately, that could be it for the season. And instead, Keller Roos, young goalkeeper, saves a penalty. We go on. Jamie Patterson wins the game for us. And I think there was a crucial moment there, a real pivotal moment in the season in that last 10 minutes where it could have gone either way. Now, I'm not saying we'd go and finish the season with 20 wins in a row. That won't happen but it could have gone the other way very, very quickly. So I think, for that reason, given the context of the week, Derby County,
1: without a doubt, hands down, performance of the week. We do a Nottingham Forest hat on, Andy. Um, does it really matter where Derby performance of the week? Are they one of those teams now trapped forever in the championship? Uh, Mind you <laughs> so <of> Nottingham Forest. <laughs> yeah, so let's, can, we just, can we brush over that question? <laughs>
2: can, can I just, just go back to a quick point that you made about Jamie Patterson? Um, I, was, I was delighted for him. Um, I normally take a little bit of pleasure out of seeing Derby lose but I was delighted for Pato I played with, played with Jamie he's a, he's a great lad he can be hard work at times but he's a great lad I've seen him at Derby's academy there a few weeks ago and he was a little bit disappointed that he hadn't played too much for us so to see him get the winner I was delighted for that other than that I can take her a little bit
1: <laughs> Now you you want to move a little bit further down the motorway is it the M42? which is the, mo- which is the Where motorway. are we going? We're going to Leicester next uh, yeah you got um, M1. M1 Oh just straight just you're down, honestly, M1, straight down, yeah straight M1 yeah Because uh, you were Working today on the Team that you want To have as a Performance of the Week Leicester City Yeah listen they Were fantastic I'm a Massive fan of Brendan
2: Rodgers um, I have been for, for Quite a while um, I was on a, a block Of my pro licence Last week and Damien Duff was on About it and, and the Discussion came up When we were talking About Brendan Rodgers Who we walked With my Celtic and he, he loves how he operates tactically. He's so astute. He's so aware. Really passionate about the game, and and tries to play it to play the game, well, the right way. He tries to play it in a in a way that's easy on the eye. So it's not surprised to see Leicester doing so well. The the, uh, the passing's fantastic. The movement, and um, the commitment, the tackling. Um, they put their bodies on the line when they need to. They work out. They've got all the attributes,
1: I think, to, uh, to, to that's given them a great base to really go on and challenge. But I'd be amazed, Andy, if uh, in the worst performances of the week, their opponents, they, Newcastle United, did not feature very, very heavily. Um, they they're up against nothing today. Yeah, but you've still got to do your own job. You have to. You've still got to do things properly. You have to.
2: And the start in the game is very very important. You start with a good intensity. You you know you 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 do what you
1: do. I I can't I can't defend Newcastle's performance in any way shape or form. They were you may be required to a little later <laughs> on, but I mean uh, Liverpool's two fullbacks are clearly the best in the league. But after that, there's an argument. Chilwell and Pereira are the next best pair.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean. Again, today, they going forward, they are spectacular. I mean, I don't think they're probably as good defensively, but Pereira's goal today was brilliant, and that I, broke the deadlock. But, but that, hold
1: on, hold on, hold on a bus. Yeah. What I don't understand is we see clubs um, saying, oh, we haven't got the money for this, and you hear clubs saying, we can't afford this player and that player. Leicester City gave three paltry million pounds for Johnny Evans, for Johnny Evans knowing yeah. full well that they would get at least two brilliant seasons out of him. You know, I don't understand... Leicester's recruitment is great because they're happy to pay a load of money for Yuri Tielemans. And we know that will be a bargain in the long run. But also, they went out and got him for next to nothing in the same way as they got Mara's a few years ago for absolutely nothing. But is that not just indicative of
3: how well-run a club is? And like you say, recruitment, how well stopped, are they, in the areas of the and, club which deal with recruitment and, and scouting? And
1: that's where I think uh, the, the game we saw at the King Power at the weekend, um, Leicester City murdered Newcastle United on the pitch because for the last for 10 years they've been murdering them off the pitch. It's recruitment, good... coaching, managers, Absolutely. all the rest of it. You're exactly
2: right. Can I just wind you back a little bit to the fullbacks and just talk something yeah. just a little bit more tactical. In a possession-based team, which, uh, which Leicester City are now under, under Brendan Rodgers, the fullbacks are massively important to create overload, so you need them fullbacks you <laughs> as good attacking options going forward and that's why they're so good they're absolutely brilliant they give them such good uh, width and balance going forward and the goal that Pereira scored earlier on was absolutely fantastic
1: OK well uh, thank you both for those I'm going to be very very uh, partisan um, almost chauvinistic now when I say that for me and it's rare I do this the performance of the week I want to put a tiny word in for Spurs Who Every, are,
3: every time I'm on this show every yeah. single time it's about it's so pro Spurs Danny
1: Oh yeah but, but that's uh, Andy, uh, Andy and I understand what a great club is Even if you don't. Come on. What's wrong with that?
3: I'm not I've, having it. I'm not
1: having it. And it's going to kind of make it worse now. I've never <laughs> liked Derby County, um, and it goes back. It goes back to a League Cup tie when I was a teenager, when you before you were born. Mm. Um, I think it was a replay. Spurs got a draw against a pretty good Derby team back in the day, and in the replay at White Hart Lane, I can't remember how many Spurs got, but I know Derby got five. Was he called Roger Davis there, centre forward, a big old lanky useless? It's like 1902. What are you talking about? No, no, no that's right. But it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't even in black and white. It was They had to engrave their fixture. <laughs> yeah. um uh, was it was it Dave was it Dave McCoy that Brian Clough went down
2: and signed from Spurs yes, to, to was it? complete it, Derby's great it, title it, winning team? Yeah.
1: yeah, he did. So That's
2: another reason, isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, you know, David Dunn is bit for Spurs, and who knew? Only only Brian Clough. Of course, the greatest manager God ever put shoe leather on um, knew that Dave Mackay still had one more title in him. Now, the point I was making about Spurs is that um, they've had a dreadful start to the season. Something clearly has gone wrong with it. I think it was best illustrated by the game um, where they, you know, the, the previous league game, they the manager had to pick six players who he thought were on their way out during the summer. Um, and but for them to get themselves into that tangle that they did um against southampton and to find a way having conceded that ridiculous goal and playing for an hour with t- with 10 men um spurs are supposed this the current this season spurs are supposed to lack backbone and i thought they showed plenty of backbone there um led I don't understand why he's not captain of the team, there must be good reasons why Hugo is, Hugo Loris is, by Harry Kane just staring at the other players when it was 1-1 saying, we're not doing this again. And it was very interesting to me that after they got the first goal from Tange and Dombele, and all the players were doing that, uh, taking the mickey out of VAR, the one player who wasn't doing it, who was already back on the centre circle, was Kane, for whom the next 10 minutes and another goal yeah. is more important than, than making a point about VAR. So those are our three performances of the week. Derby County rising from the shambles uh, of their uh, social event during the week. Uh, Spurs proving they still have something to offer their fans. And Leicester City, um, well, uh, just (laughs) shooting fish in a barrel against Newcastle (laughs) United. Andy, because you're new to the show and I guess I'll let you go first. Have you changed your mind or are you still sticking with Leicester?
2: Yeah, I'm still sticking with Leicester. I thought they were great. I i stick stubborn. to with guns. I'm what not going. Yeah, so stubborn Irish man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be convinced. Okay? I don't
3: like a Forest man being a Leicester
1: supporter here either. By the way, if you're going to uh, be
3: so anti derby you can't be that pro-Leicester. Help
1: me. Help me. How the, How this works? I went to uh, to university in Leicester, so I saw a lot of their team in the middle. Brilliant team in the '70s. Frankie and all that stuff. How does it work, Leicester Derby Forest? How does the, the what's the, the lasagna of hatred? How does I, I, that work? I think the biggest rivalry is is. For Forest Derby. Because of Brian Clough and the, the proximity of the yeah, clubs? The proximity, yeah, proximity, um, yeah. And then no, the, Leicester the
2: just, just hang on to the coattails, <laughs> well, I think, a little, yeah, so yeah, think just, just a little bit. Just
1: waving their recent league title in your general direction. <laughs> well, put, it yeah? way, put it this way. <laughs> I, I did. no I, need for that one. That was a little slow. I didn't, didn't mind there, Leicester
3: winning the league. And really? Yeah, and if it had been Forest, I would have not turned up to work for the next ten years.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, um, I, 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 you're going to stick with Derby, aren't
3: you? Um, yes, and I'll tell you why. I think the Spurs argument is good, but it's all the same ingredients as the derby argument, except we've got some awful social stuff as well in the. Well, in the so you context think we
1: it. should be rewarding drunk drivers by giving them performance no, think, of the week? I think it should be so rewarding.
2: If we, so if I jump on with you and say Spurs, yeah. then that means we win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The whole, oh, okay. Well, why <laughs> didn't you tell me
1: that Spurs, obviously? So Spurs <laughs> it is. Performance of the week Tottenham Hotspur.
0: The record book. Can't accept it. Not good enough. Nowhere near up for the challenge. And as I said, we were so passive, um, we, <clears throat> we, uh, we can't accept it from each other, and, uh, and that's exactly what I've just said to them. A cross is headed towards goal, comes back to Vinaldo, has oh. made an absolute error, it's in, it's stuck between his legs and Dean Henderson has a bright red face of embarrassment. A crack up when, you know,
1: ex-players say, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't chuck your players under the bus. Well, it's difficult to
0: hide, hide when you're playing worldwide football in the Premier League that your goalkeeper should make a save. And uh, Leon Clark should score, John Fleck should score, John Lundson should score. Uh, and we've had another couple of opportunities.
1: After the brilliant discovery that Spurs were the performance of the week, let's get on to our worst performance of the week. Um, I'll start this one, I think, because um, it's not teams for me. It's the whole business of goalkeeping. Um, And I know some of them is partially not their fault they've been uh, told to play out from the back. Jordan Pickford made an absolute horlicks of a free kick that he should have saved England's goalkeeper. Um, His his nearest rival, um, Jack Butlander, from a couple of years ago, also having a terrible time in the goal. Dean Henderson, I'm told, is going to be the next England goalkeeper off the block, gives away... Um, that terrible goal against Liverpool, after his Sheffield United teammates have put a mountain of work into keeping the mighty, mighty Liverpool, and they are mighty at the moment, at bay. And Hugo Lloris, who we spoke a little bit about earlier on, in performance of the week, um, comes out and does what he did in the in the European, sorry, in the World Cup final, um, but he does it against Southampton. For me, the worst part of all this is the managers having to come out and and obviously in Dean Henderson's case, Chris Wilder having none of it, saying, that's rubbish, you won't ever be a Manchester United player if you carry on like that. Um, Jordan Pickford, everyone just looked the other way and pretended it didn't happen. But for for Pochettino to come out and say, see, the thing is, I take responsibility, I take the blame, I've told him to play like that. Hold the bus. Beep, 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 beep. Reverse out of that. Beep, beep, beep. You told him to do a Cruyff turn on his own goal line? <laughs> really? Is that what you told him to do? And I know you've got coaching badges. You're going to tell me all about playing out from the back in a second, Read, But the fact of the matter is, for a start, I saw Johan Cruyff play. Yep. I saw him do a Cruyff turn um, for Feyenoord against Spurs in a European game a million years ago. The mechanics of it involve the ball moving. Just like Lloris. The perfect Cruyff turn as far as I can see. Except he doesn't move the ball at all. And Danny (laughs) Danny Ings. I mean, talk about the lottery. That's twice in a a, a week now. Goalkeepers have handed him goals like that. Um, See Andy, I don't get it. I understand that you could now produce to me some kind of, um, well, it'd be an online presentation uh, to prove that playing out from the back means you're 94.7% more (laughs) likely to win the game than hoofing it and all the rest of it. But you can't have people doing that sort of stuff in their their own six-yard box. Danny, I have the presentation on my laptop. If I'd known you wanted to
2: see it, I'd have brought it
1: with me. Everyone's convinced of it now, aren't they? No, listen,
2: I'm a fan of playing out from the back, okay, but I'm not a fan of
1: goalkeepers, so... I'll kind of roll with you on this one, OK? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not just Loris. There was It's just a very bad weekend for goalkeepers. And so if I had to pick a worse performance, I would say people who are part of the team but have an individual job to do and getting paid... Fun, and these days, getting paid as much as outfield players. No excuse for the mistakes we saw this weekend. I know the ball spins around and all the rest of it. I'm going with goalkeepers. And of course, um, it's almost as if... They were in touch with whatever spirits inform the earth, because it is this weekend is the twentieth anniversary of Massimo Taibi, uh, Manchester United's goalkeeper. Briefly, um, <laughs> letting the ball go between first his hands, then his legs, yeah. then under even he, he couldn't even stop it with his manhood. Um, it still managed to get across the line. Now there are three ways you can deal with goalkeeping errors. You can do a Chris Wilder and throw him under the bus. You can do a Pochettino and stroke the top of the head and say it's my fault. Or you can do a Sir Alex Ferguson and never pick them again to wear that jersey. Get him on the flight. Uh, Get yeah, him out of it. Literally, he almost he shot. If he could have shot him out of a giant cannon, he would have done. Who now? Who's your worst performance of the week, Mark? Well, can I ask before we yeah, do this,
3: sure. um, Andy? What did you prefer? What did you react best to as a player? Was it? Was it? Which, which of those three? Um, options would you have taken?
2: I, I, I would have been a very, in case you had noticed, I would have been a very stubborn kind of player. So if a manager came in and had a go at me for something, then I would have gone out there and thought, well, I'm going to show you. So I kind of I re- responded and kind of liked the manager kind of digging me out a little bit because I, I felt yes. that I could deal with that. Now, not everybody's like that and them type of players are getting less and less in the game now, players that are able to deal with that. So you've got to judge the character. Who? What type of character is he? Uh, because the, the ultimate aim is to get the best out of them, you know, let's be honest it is. In your long and distinguished career which manager did you have the best relationship with? Uh, I, I would I would say probably Paul Hart um, at, at Forest and maybe Brian, Brian Kerr with, with Ireland because I worked with both of them from a young age, kind of all the way through. Paul Hart I had him in the Forest Academy and then in the Forest team as well and the same with Brian I had him at uh, underage Ireland and then with the senior team as well so I think they probably understood what I was all about and what buttons to press to kind of get the best out of me? Which manager do you have the worst relationship <laughs> with? It um, uh, doesn't I, matter. Well, you can me, say what no, you no, like. No, sure no. well, listen, I, 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 me and Steve Cottrell never really
1: seen eye to eye. <laughs> why? Uh, well, I'll, why make does, a, I'll make a wild guess. You were trying to play with the ball. <laughs>
2: well, no, well, actually,
1: <laughs> if if we've got time for
2: just a, a, a yeah. quick story. When he, when he came uh, to Forest from, from Portsmouth, we, we, we hadn't got the strongest side at the time, and we played a game. I, I can't remember where it was. We played a game about four games after he came in. And uh, we were terrible. We lost 3-0 or something like that. He came in and he went, I don't know why I've left Portsmouth to come here to you, love. <laughs> so, that is so, the so, fascinating yeah, face. Yeah, so we
1: were like, well, I don't know why he <laughs> came either. I mean, is it true that we always get told, those of us who are seeking the secrets of the inner sanctum of the dressing room, that when the new manager comes, they've got about, with professional footballers, probably three minutes to make an impression and you make your mind up after three minutes. Um, listen you it's the same with anything if you meet somebody walking down the
2: street and you stop and have a conversation with them or somebody introduces you to somebody you're you forming an opinion of them straight away it's
3: like stand up you give about 5 seconds and then yeah. you know if you like them or not
1: have you got have you got a killer first joke that you always use no i'm i'm out after 5 seconds <laughs> turn up see him get out ooh, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who are you going to choose for your worst performance of the week, Andy? I've gone with Newcastle. Um, well, thank God for that. Yeah, well, I think...
2: Because uh, you saw the I, game, I, yeah. I, well, yeah, I did. I, I, you know, I watched the game and, and I'd be surprised if um, if you are not going for Newcastle as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, listen, they, they, they were awful right from start to finish. The the, the thing that worries me most about this team um, is that I just look and I see, apart from Jamal LaSalle, I'm not too sure where the leaders are. Um, there's a few crawled into the shell today. Yeah. Um, the, the was the, what, there wasn't any fight in it. I mean, there was one point where indeed he just kind of bustled through four players on the edge of the box and played a 1-2. But they
1: were losing headers in their own box where they got, you know, they, they, it, I always think about this. If you're an attacking player, the header has to go quite directly. You've only got about 15 degrees to direct it. You're a defending player, you've just got to go get a nut to it. go anywhere. But you're, they were being muscled out of it. And you're right, the kept going and after the game, I thought it was really an extraordinary moment because it really, I mean, it manages occasionally. Another player, Andy Carroll, was put up... My here on Talk Sport and was put up um, for the interview and said, we gave up. Wow. But what else could he say? You can't...
2: that that the performance today. There's no way of defending it. Like, you, you know, he he come out and... There's nothing else... What You can't come out and say, oh, well, listen, we had a bit of an off day and it didn't quite go for us and, we're, you know, we're sorry about that. We'll put it right next. They've, they've been absolutely awful from start to finish in every single department of the game. So for somebody to come out and try and defend it in some way... Everybody would have just been
1: looking, going, that's a lie. I presume he's had the manager's permission to go out and give them both barrels. Must He must have done, right? Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, he, he would in have serious trouble, so. I'd yeah. imagine.
2: Yeah, you yeah, would have thought so. But listen, the manager, as well, He's he's, he's, uh, he's been around the game. He knows he'll have dug the players out. Guaranteed he'll have dug the players out.
1: I played under them, I know he's like, he'll, be, he'll have told them and no one's saying, this is not acceptable. The trouble is, seven games in, and already having to have, you know, kind of digging the players out, bringing them in for extra training, whatever they decide to do. I mean, you only lose the three points no matter how badly you get beat. Um, But it's not a good thing for Newcastle. I was amazed when I got up up at uh, Sunday morning to see they were already, before this defeat, they were already the favourites to go down. Newcastle United. Who's your worst performance of the week? I want to move on from Newcastle because they're making the
3: studio smell. Yeah, it does smell a bit in here. Um, I'm going for Norwich City, which might sound a bit odd. I'm going for them because they lost... It does sound a bit odd. Boo, boo. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm gigging again. It's horrible. Um, They lost 2-0 away at Crystal Palace. They lost 2-0 away at Burnley last week. And this both results came after the Man City wonderful yeah. performance where they went and beat the champions. And I just think yeah. we've had a situation here where Norwich have just given everything. They've emptied the tank against Man City and they just haven't been able to keep that up. And I worry if you're a Norwich yeah. City fan, is it going to be one of those seasons where they raise their game for the big televised Sky um, TV games on a Saturday night in floodlights and then just go to pieces in these what look like more standard Opponents.
1: It's interesting because I actually believe that you know it's just they're going to not get many results away from home. Right. Um, they're going to have to win their games at home. And I never understand it, Andy, anymore, because all the stadiums are the same square boxes now. The pits are almost identical sizes. The, gra- the pitch, the actual grass is identical as well. When you started out playing, and it wasn't a million years ago, um, you had a different experience at every ground you went to, but they're all pretty much the same now. Why is home advantage it's still such a big thing? Well, it's mentality. 100% it's mentality, because it's exactly
2: the same. Once you cross the white line... So you've got to block out all the outside influences. Um, you've, got to, you've got to be able to Control what you can control and, and leave what you can't because you just waste energy on that. So it's a mentality thing. If you've got a good mentality, you take, say, um, all the top teams. It doesn't matter to them. They play the same. Man City now, Liverpool, they play the same at home as they do away. They start the game in exactly the same manner. The fullbacks push on in exactly the same manner. The, the, the wide players come inside to get on the ball, and it doesn't matter. Home or away, small pitch,
1: big pitch, whatever, it doesn't matter. I have to say, I once asked Stuart Robson, former Arsenal and West Ham captain, what about this home this home advantage thing. He said, Cause, you know, he's public, public school educated, isn't he, uh, Stuart? Well, you can't tell by the look of him, but he is. <laughs> and he just said, you're an idiot, Danny. There's only one reason. The crowd gets the referee to give you all the decisions at home. And of course, he's absolutely right about that as well. <laughs> um, listen, I've had my fun talking about goalkeepers doing Cruyff turns. I don't think that's the worst performance of the week. And, and Mark, you're, you're very erudite. Um, but mm. I really am struggling to see past that Newcastle United performance because, because you know, when, when, it, when it goes badly, when it goes badly, um, they got an own goal. It's like playing terrible performance bingo. They got a red card <laughs> unnecessarily. They got an own goal. They had a goalkeeping error on the near post. It's like a Jonathan Woodgate debut. and they, <laughs> Except for the huge... Oh, they still have a huge pay packets. Of course they do. And then I also love the fact that they conceded the same goal three times where the right-back... Is he called Clark? He's one of those names. Does not close down the the, the crosser. Mostly Albrighton when he came on, and the, leaving the left back to not mark his man for three of the three other goals. Unbelievable! It's, it's like a Derby
2: County team bonding night, isn't it? This Newcastle's is unacceptable. This is
1: unacceptable. This is
2: unacceptable. <laughs> An assassination
1: on Derby County. I will not have it. I, I must. I mean, however bad Newcastle are at the moment, they're not as bad as that Derby team that went down with all hands. How long ago was it? Ten years ago? Twelve it points? It didn't happen. This was a, It was a nightmare. I <laughs> No, I remember. I meant no. I, I was doing on BT television i was doing the the january transfer window uh one evening and i was and nothing was happening so i thought oh, i'll get stuck in here um blah 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 you can't can't improve teams in january um it doesn't really work out i mean look at that derby team they were absolutely shocking they went down with all hands this is a couple of years ago um whatever they did in january um they got even worse and they really were a disgrace to the premier league uh voice to my right they bought me during that transfer window. Robbie Savage, how are you, mate? <laughs> um I, I just had to keep going then because no there's no turning back, is there?
2: Danny, I've got four players on my under 18s team that play for Derby, so I'm not gonna mm. slag Derby off anymore. You can, <laughs> can we have you? They, won, the they, won, they won't they won't release they won't release them for me.
1: Uh, well so I'm gonna tell you, um, Newcastle United have won put worst performance, and on the way they played today, that's all they'll be winning in the near future.
0: The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those ninety minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides, and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus be gambleaware.org. T's and Cs apply the record book. Here's Leon Clark, through the centre, played in. A long ball over the top and Clark did it over the crossbar. And Sheffield United miss another golden chance and Leon Clark, on his Premier League debut, almost got on the end of an Ender Stevens ball. Canos, his centre, in it comes. Watkins for the hat-trick! It's in! He's done it! He won Brentford and Barnsley can't say he wasn't coming.
3: I know he's going to be a top player, but this season, if we focus right in on the here and now, he needs to be the goal getter for Brentford because we still see today, Russ, how some of them aren't clinical enough and they should have won that game by 5-6.
1: Now, if the worst performance of the week was full of terrible reprobates, I'm, I'm delighted to say some wonderful things in the hero of the week and none of them um, are really um, the kind of... You know, we are not got any world sort of famous players or anything like in this. Mark, I really want you to start this so that uh, you get a chance to not be booed after five seconds. <laughs> what, what do you think? Who's your hero of the week? My hero
3: of the week is a little bit off-piste, I'd say. It is actually uh, a man called Aaron Jackson, who's a football referee, and he was refereeing the game between Yeovil Town and Bromley right. in the National Football League this week. Um, and he made the decision on 84 Minutes to send off one of the ball boys who had been taking too long to return the ball to the field of play. And therefore, the referee thought, what can I do here? Oh, I'll send off a, a minor. See, well, he, you're
1: right. He is a hero, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean,
3: man, let's let's not stop there. Because he actually went on then, uh, five minutes later, to send off the entirety of the ball boy staff. That's eight players. Well, eight, eight tra- children been sent away. Yeah. Uh, and then with a minute of the game left, we had the farcical situation where the ball was booted. Away from the pitch, no ball boys left to get it, so the ref had to go and get it himself, which added extra time to already. What's the of injury name time. of this colossus of the of the referee? Uh, uh, yeah. Aaron Jackson. Aaron Jackson. I like the sound. of I'm a huge Aaron. fan of this man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. He just they, didn't. He didn't take any nonsense, Danny, and I respect that. These these little
1: <laughs> these little tikes these days, it's <laughs> all back chatting, it's all Snapchat. Oh yeah. Get him out my sight! I mean, Andy knows, of course, that every club, to a lesser or greater extent, does this. George Graham, when he was in charge of Tottenham, used to tell the ball boys to, to slow down the away team, not let them take quick throw-ins. Even with the so-called multi-ball system, um, we know that Stoke. Remember Stoke City with the ball boys with the towels. Um, when what's his name he used Rory, to say Rory Rory oh, a yeah, teammate yeah. of yours of course when yeah. the Republic used to, used to hurl them, and you know so they've always been used and it's about time referees took action against <laughs> these nine year old criminals
3: yeah they are criminals <laughs> Danny they are
2: criminals my favourite was the multi-ball system when somebody goes over and say a team are winning the other team run over and try and do it quick and the other ball boy throws a ball yeah. onto the pitch <laughs> it's another way so you're not actually holding on to it so you can't get it where are they on this have
3: they got their own academy somewhere yeah they, they have
1: just? yeah yeah it's uh, called the Andy Reid Academy <laughs> for ball
3: boys
2: <laughs> and
1: yet all ball boys seem to know whether they're being told or not they all seem to know these delaying tactics for the away team <laughs> their game management is better than some professional footballers in- and in- I indeed mean they it. are so that's our first one um, I'm going to no, I'll, I'll, I'll let Andy go next because uh, this, is a, this is a lovely story well yeah I think so and it's somebody that I've, I've played against um, throughout the
2: years uh, Leon Clark made his debut uh, his Premier League debut um, for Sheffield United yesterday Absolutely fantastic story. 24 years of age. Wow. He's played in all of the divisions uh, and, and he's been a good servant wherever he's been. Probably hasn't hit, well, I want to say, the heights. He had all the attributes to be to be a really really good but player. But he's had a
1: decent career as he's had, a footballer. No, he has. He's
2: had a good career. He has. He's had a really good career, and and to finally make his make his debut for 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 Sheffield United, you know, I think it's absolutely
1: fantastic. In, in a world where we're always looking, I mean, led the course, the charge led by the England manager Gareth Southgate towards youth, towards youth. If you told me that a thirty-five-year-old goalkeeper had made their debut, you know, they picked somebody up that had an injury crisis, and they, and he's had to play. Uh, between the sticks, I'd have believed you, but uh, for an outfield player to be making their Premier League debut at 34, I say, God bless him, actually. Um, I mean, because, you know, he, as you say, he's had a decent career, but now he'd be able to tell his, uh, his children that he's played in all four of these divisions, like Jamie Vardy, not quite as sharp as Jamie. I'm still rem- remembering the Leicester City managers who thought last year it was a good idea to leave Jamie Vardy out of the team. What on earth are they thinking? But Leon Clark will be proud of himself today, won't I mean, he? Yeah, well, listen, football, uh, we know football at times, and footballers
2: get a lot of bad press. So I think it's lovely when a nice story comes out. Isn't it good to just talk about something really, really nice? You mean the bull Boys? It's not really what we do on this podcast, but I I, I hear you. Just for you. once, we make a change, an exception just because I'm in for the day, Dan.
1: Okay, well, I, I've also got a good story, I think, for... This is going to be very close this week for our Hero of the Week. Um... I I was watching, because I will watch football t- till my eyes bleed, I was watching Sky's presentation of the championship match on Sunday between Barnsley and Brentford. Now, it was a difficult game to build up. It was tipping down at Oakwell. Absolutely monsoon conditions. Then I checked the stats before the start. Barnsley are the worst goal-scoring team in that division, Oh, here's Brentford. They're the second worst. (laughs) So they've got the two nil-nil specialists in a monsoon in Super Sunday. And I thought, Danny, you really are a glutton for punishment. You really (laughs) do like football, don't you? And I watched the game and out of it came a fantastic story. Um, Ollie Watkins of Brentford, who's normally a wide player, has been pressed into service as a centre-forward because they're short of players. Very interesting game. Barnsley only play under-23-year-old players now. That's their policy. Um, and Brentford, um, with, their, with their weird sports science thing, also had a very, very young team. And they slogged out a largely unremarkable match in, as I say, um, teeming stair rods of rain. And Ollie Watkins, not only did he get a hat-trick to win the game three goals to one... This after Barnsley had scored a worldie in the first 30 seconds... Um, the, uh, the, the the centre forward for Brentford three headers now a headed goal is going out of fashion because of course mm. nobody will cross the blinking ball although as I think Newcastle saw today can be quite <laughs> effective to cross the ball um, but certainly not a head height and he blatted them in um, I'm trying to think of, they were like headed goals that Alan Shearer would have got back in the day and if we yeah. go back even further uh, to when you were growing up Frank Stapleton he was just anything in his head was going in the net and he was very very modest afterwards and said not really sure I'm made for this position, to be honest with you. this hold-up play and all the rest of it. I don't know if you can get the ball over the line with your head. That will be okay. Proper football than that. Te- yeah. Teaming rain. Headed goals. Yeah, a proper I game like too. It. And the, the Barnsley faithful, bless them, the people of the game, all huddled at the top of the stands where at least there was some cover <laughs> from the proper rain. Amazing array of heroes this week. Ollie Watkins for his hat-trick. Uh, the referee sending off the ball boys. And Leon Clark, 34-year-old Premier League debutant. I'm very sad that we have to make any decision here. I'll start with you. You sticking with Leon? Yeah, I think I owe it to him to stick with him. And yeah, so I am. I'm going to stick with him. Um, I'm going to go
3: with him as well. Actually, I think that's a nice, that's a nice story. It's a heartwarming, uplifting story.
2: But well done, Ollie as well.
1: Yes, uh, well, and, and referee uh, as well. and, the, and the referee the who booted boys. all the ball boys off. <laughs> okay, Leon Clark is our hero of the week.
0: The record book. Newcastle are down to ten men. It's a challenge from Isaac Hayden on Dennis Pratt. He won the ball, but he's follow through straight into the leg of the Belgian midfielder. Hayden doesn't want to leave the pitch, he's, he's shrugging his shoulders. I've got no complaints. It's a, it's a poor challenge, it's a poor challenge. Clean away as far as Awobi, who tries to fire the shot in.
1: It's Coleman with the effort, and Coleman is equalised! Manchester City were all over the place there, and it's Seamus Coleman with a real shot to the system for the league leaders Manchester City are appealing for offside and Michael Oliver may have a look at this or certainly somebody will on his behalf
0: yeah I actually believe that the ball may have been over the line before the header was made uh, I hope it was because I've had a goal taken off me like this uh, by Micah Richards we spoke about it recently where the ball was going in and he finished it off
1: and after that Really, cockle-warming edition of Hero of the Week. It's time for Villain of the Week. Um, I'll start. Oh, sorry. What are cockles? The cockles. Are, I don't. Are they ventricles? I don't
3: know. I no See, idea.
1: You start. You started up with the medical questions. I. Th- you said it. You said cockles. I, I did. Well, I think it's, it is an established English phrase, is it not? Yes, but I'd like to know what the what the etymology Okay, I'm, I'm looking at our produ- producer, who's got out his. Is that is that rose pink that phone of yours? Um, here we go. No, that, a cockle. A cockle, I understand what it is in the way of seafood, <laughs> but how does it relate to the human heart? That's, that's your homework, Princeton producer, for the next two or three minutes. After the ventricle-warming um, <laughs> hero of the week section, we're on to those people or things who have really got up our nose, our villain of the week. and a quite serious one. I'll start with you. Once again, this extraordinary game, for instance, between Leicester and Newcastle United.
2: Yeah, I, you know what? I don't want to be uh, being an ex-Sunderland player. The one to pick on Newcastle all the time. Um, But for me, I don't see how it can be anyone else other than than Isaac Hayden. Um, His tackle was absolutely horrendous. Shocker. Uh, His team were one down. They were on the back foot as it was. He's let his team down. Um, He's let the manager down. The manager, the last thing he needs at the moment, the pressure he's under,
1: is somebody doing something like that. And the lads have to play another hour. Down to 10 men. The pros, are, now, I really, really pay much attention to ex-professional footballers. I think I know more about the game than most of them, <laughs> except for that one thing. When tackles go in, I'm not certain whether it's a leg breaker or an accident. You clearly thought it was a shocker. Yeah, I, I did. I thought it did was you give really him any, any any leeway for the pack? The pitch to be slipping? Did, do you no, think he's no. tried to do him?
2: Uh, yes, and, and, and the reason that I do think he's tried to do him wow. is, because, is because he's played the ball and then he's followed through afterwards no I'm not trying to say that he's meant to to break his leg or or, or, or I'm not I'm not saying that but when when I say trying to do him I think he's tried to leave a bit on him because he's followed through with the tackle
1: but if his leg had stayed in the ground it would have broken
2: wouldn't it he was very lucky (laughs) And, and you know when it's good that the manager came out afterwards and didn't try to defend it in any way because when he was going off, he was complaining that he shouldn't have been sent off. Now, he'll know because, you know, being on the pitch and I've, I've been on the pitch, I've been on the end of bad tackles. Um, I've, I've been I've been around and I've, you, There's a sound and there's a feel around the tackle. The know that you, know, they, that you they, can always you tell.
1: And you know, this is None bad. of the Newcastle players surrounded the referee. That was all I needed to know. The- and you're right, as he went off, uh, Hayden was asking for a VAR review. If they had reviewed it, he'd got two red cards. <laughs> yeah. and be banned for six games. Ten-game ban, yeah. I mean, look, uh, no-one wants to see that. Incidentally, now, here we are, update from the medical world. Wonderful. Um, the cockles of your heart are indeed the ventricles of your heart, okay. um, because in Latin, the ventricles are the cochlea cordis, and it is because, fantastically, um, they are the same shape as the... As the as, se- as the as the What is that thing? A crustacean, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So they're about all sorted out on hey. the only podcast you'll need for all of your seafood and football needs. Always learning on this show. You've um, I, I, my, my my villain of the week is, is a bit uh, a bit childish because, I mean, do people still talk about football kits? So many of them are so horrendous, so unnecessary. Um, uh, you know, why, why do Spurs end up wearing a purple kit? It's so near to navy blue, you might as well stick to the navy blue kit. But Manchester City's kits that they currently have sporting as their yes. reserve kit. Um, I mean, it, it's too it's much of a cliche. It's too trite. It's too generic to say it looks like a, one of those rocket lollies that you see kids and me eating. <laughs> um, it's it's too much like a tequila sunrise. Um, you know, I'm looking to the youth here. What on earth is Manchester City's kit with that colour for, or
3: colours for? It is. It's trying to stick out, aren't you? You're, you're peacocking. You're in a nightclub. You've got a, some sort of garish shirt onto a tractor mate that's what it is Man City can do it normally because you know they win most of their games they win most of their games comfortably and therefore it doesn't look as stupid as it would do if it was Huddersfield wearing that shirt doesn't mean I like the shirt I think it's an insane choice
1: of kit. Now, I, I'm going to be very rude to my guest now, and I wish I wasn't, but um, uh, I'm glad I've got Andy Reid in front of me because I've never met the fella before. Um, and I have to tell you, Andy, when you made your debut for Spurs, now, I have to very careful because I'm a man uh, throwing stones in a greenhouse here. Um, you are not the traditional shape for a footballer, brilliant footballer, um, but you're not built like a long-distance runner. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yes. At the time you were playing for Tottenham, be careful. uh, I I don't want to be rude to you. (laughs) Um, At the time, let's just say you were perhaps a little bit more upholstered than some of the players uh, of your generation, and Spurs were wearing a capper kit that looked like it had to be sprayed on. Yeah, and we were wondering. My my mates, it's about fifteen of us who go to Spurs together. actually, let's go now because we can't afford the tickets to the new stadium. <laughs> um, and we said, what the hell is Andy Reid going to do? Because we'd seen you playing for Nottingham Forest um, and we thought, this is a very tight kit for a chap who is not <laughs> Mo Farah. Shall we put it no stronger than that? Um, and you ran out and the shirt was for everyone else had the absolutely flowing sorry absolutely skin tight shirt and yours was flowing away quite happily off you we decided andy and you can tell me this is to shut up for a start that you must have got it in a club shop where the shirts are designed for people like me shut up <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, it, uh, I, I, no i i, I remember <laughs> i remember going down and looking at the kit and thinking myself,
2: oh, I'm not too sure this kit's going to suit me yeah um, but can't you can't turn around and say, listen, I'm not going to sign for Tottenham because the kid might not <laughs> suit sure, yeah. me. Uh, no, it was actually it was alright. Why did you only play one year for Spurs? Because you were terrific. Yeah, um, in my humble opinion. Well, well I, uh, you know what, I Frank Arneson when he was there was was the, the person who signed me. Really, and Martin, pretty Yol. good judge of footballer. Martin Yall at the time was was the head coach um and frank gave him the players to play now uh after a while uh probably about six months of me being there frank left and the club went in a little bit of a different direction instead of bringing in kind of younger kind of players they started like i mean edgar david's came in and played left side of midfield you know in the yeah. summer after i had signed and um so you know so those things like that where they were starting to bring in people on a hell of a lot of money from the continent and. Uh, and at the time, I just wanted to play, yeah, so how old were you at this point I was twenty two nearly twenty three uh, i just I just wanted to play football i, I, I wasn't i wasn 't in any mood for kind of hanging around and sitting mm. sitting around and going on a bench and playing in reserve football it wasn 't really for me Spurs so. is
1: lost, I thought spurs is lost in the long run because you and you came across in a double deal with Michael Dawson. I thought the two of you um, Dawson went on play for 10 years there, and I thought maybe the two of you could have done exactly the same thing, which has got me off talking too much about Manchester City's kit. Mm. Um, it's ludicrous, but then so many football kits are. Um, who is your uh, villain of the week, Mark? Uh, I've gone for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, the what? Everton striker. Uh,
3: during the game at the weekend, Seamus Coleman's gone down the right-hand side of the box. Uh, he's...
1: Uh, Andy and I are pricking up now. Absolutely. The Republic's captain, come on, what, what's happening here? And he's lifted the ball over the keeper. It's...
3: Absolutely, obviously, going into the. Would back it be of the his net.
1: first goal since his very serious injury nearly ended his career? I think so. Well, but this is why it's so important. To him. <laughs> this is why he's so. This is why he's so angry when what
3: happens next happens because he's lifted it over the keeper. It's going into the middle of the goal. There's no danger of it going wide or over or oh. not crossing the line. And Calvert Lewin, being the goal-hungry, selfish, horrible striker that he is, gets his head on it from about. He three had to inches dive out.
1: full length to get any kind of contact, didn't he? He did.
3: But here's the even more impressive thing, really, because. Seamus Coleman is understandably quite angry at this, and it looks like he's given him a bit of a dressing down. But I think it's mainly because he thinks that goal will be disallowed because he thinks Calvert-Lewin is actually on an
2: offside position. And had he been, that,
1: would that goal been would have been
2: chalked off. It would have been a disaster. That That's the thing about it. Was, listen, I don't mind. If that had been me and my striker put it in, I think I don't mind. Strikers, they want goals. They're hungry for goals. That's what you know. That's what he do.
1: So I'd have no problem. If it was given for offside... <laughs> Okay. I mean, obviously, you know Seamus, and um, being in and around the the Irish setup yourself, it actually is one of the great stories of the last uh, uh, sort of six months because his injury was so bad and he was out for so long. I thought we'd never see him um, play anything like again because, of course, he has been a brilliant, brilliant fullback. Now Everton's team are all kinds of no good in different ways, but Seamus is playing really well again.
2: You know what? He's got a phenomenal attitude. He's he's a great guy. He's he's one of the most down there. Guys that you could ever meet, and when he got injured, everybody was, you know, oh, I can't believe it's happened to him. Like he's, mm. if I, nobody deserves that, don't get me wrong. Anybody sure, really but anybody really, you know, he's a he's a great guy, and it's been a hell of a long road back as well. You know, a hell of, and to the point where you are thinking, right, is this ever going to happen for me again? Am I going to get back to where I'm at? And you know, he needed a bit of time when he came back, and when he came back, it, understandably, his form wasn't. Wasn't as what it is going to be, but but that's that's what's going to happen. And I just feel that he's just finding that form. He's been in great form for the Republic. Uh, he and he I looked feel, great
3: against Man City, I thought.
2: Yeah, and, and he started I just feel he's starting to get back to the Seamus Coleman that we seen before
1: he yeah, get injured. Yeah, listen. Thank you for that. We'll decide about our our hit, our, our villain in just a second. <laughs> I, of course, am now time travelling back to the hero section. I love a much travelled footballer. I love that. I've uh, not got all Leon Clark's clubs here, but let me just read out the ones since 2004. So, the last 15 years, remember he makes his Premier League debut age 34 this weekend, having played previously for Kidderminster Harriers, Queen's Park Rangers, Plymouth Argyle, Sheffield Wednesday, Oldham Athletic, Southend United, Queen's Park Rangers again. Preston North End, Swindon Town, Chesterfield, Charlton, Crawley, Scunthorpe, Coventry, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and on and on and on. Fantastic. Well done. Villain of the Week, Isaac Hayden, Manchester City's kit, Dominic Calvert-Lewin for denying the wonderful Seamus Coleman his goal. I'll leave it to you,
3: Mark. I'm I'm 100% sticking with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. 100%. 100%. And you guys, as,
1: as proud Irishmen, should also be doing the same thing. Well, I think um, uh, it would be. Uh, Isaac Hayden's thing was so ridiculous. Um, and I do think that Calvert Lewin should be forced to give at least two weeks' wages to uh, <laughs> Seamus Coleman. So I know you're not going to disagree. And the, um, for robbing Seamus Coleman of his comeback goal, he may have got another one, but I don't, I don't worry about the details. Um, I, that's the flotsam and jetsam of history. I'm interested in the flow of the thing. Our, our villain of the week is Dominic Calvert Lewin. <laughs> And that's that for this week. I want to thank you all for listening to us and joining in and downloading all the things you've got to do. But just as importantly, I want to thank our guests, the comedian, Derby County fan and um, advocate of, uh, of safe driving, um, <laughs> Mark Smith, who's been, and we're all serious about that, it's easy to go <laughs> on and on about the Derby players. Remember, of course, somebody could have got badly hurt, well, somebody was badly hurt there, but it could have been somebody absolutely innocent of the whole thing. Uh, Mark Smith, thank you for coming in again. Thanks I think for having me, thank you very much. I suspect we'll be having you again after that performance. Fingers crossed. And uh, making his debut on the show, and uh, very enjoyable it was too, and uh, allowing me uh, to meet a football of alls that i delighted with uh, the, the contribution of Andy Reid. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. You're really, really welcome. Good luck um, with the rest of your coaching badges you're doing and good luck, of course, with the kids of the Republic of Ireland. And uh, Hopefully, we'll see you coaching and managing in the wider sphere when you won't have time to do nonsense like this. (laughs) Thank you all for listening once again to Game Day, the record book.
0: The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hold up.